Podcast, your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the American Toffee Podcast. James Boyman here, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Williams, coming to you immediately following Everton's 3-0 victory over Sheffield Wednesday, moving them on to the fifth round of the FA Cup. Everton will face the winner of Wickham Wanderers versus Spurs. I believe that takes place tomorrow. We're recording Sunday evening. Dominant performance by the Toffees, Ryan. Over to you for your instant match reaction. Wasn't perfect, but good enough. The only concern I have is scoring two out of the goals, um, not from open play. I think that's still a little bit of an issue with us. would like to have a few more people on there to take on people off the dribble other than Awobi. But it was good to get the rust out from certain players, and um, it was a comfortable win. You can't just be positive, Ryan. You got to immediately point to the the shortcomings. I respect it. You gave me my. I didn't know what else to say. You know, and otherwise it's kind of like, yeah, we won. We should have won. It was kind of boring. They didn't really threaten much. <laughs> I mean, it's not very yeah, exciting. Appreciate. But yeah, appreciate. I mean, you got to you got to look at it and say, okay, well, you know, is there anything else really of note? Um, some great individual performances, though. I can't Absolutely. wait to get into. And we did have a couple of people get the score predictions right, did we not? We did. We had Ron Burgundy. Cryptus, a.k.a. Josh, and OGS Chill all predict a 3-0 victory, so tip of the hat to them. I predicted a 2-1. Uh, was was not accurate there, but this was, as you said, Ryan, a match we should have won, coming off a decent amount of rest, able to, uh, still still dealing with some injuries, but a really strong lineup fielded by Carlo Ancelotti, and I think we it, it paid dividends. I don't think, I think you could have played 600 minutes and Sheffield Wednesday would never have come anywhere near <laughs> scoring, uh, much less beating us. I thought we were that good today, but wind it back a weird kickoff time, 8 p.m. local time uh, in the UK, 3 p.m. Sunday kickoff, bit unconventional. So an hour beforehand, we have the lineup come out and it was indeed strong. We had Robin Olsen return to the lineup for his fourth start in eight matches. Seamus Coleman, Mason Holgate and Yerry Mina in central defense. Godfrey continuing to fill in deputize at left back the midfield of Decore, Andre Gomez and Gilfie Sigurdsson. And then the typical uh, front three of Richarlison, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Hamas Rodriguez. It was still dealing with some injuries. We still have Luca Dean injured. Hopefully he'll be back. Alon targeting a return, I believe uh, against Manchester United in a week or so, a couple weeks. Uh, Alex Wobie picked up a knock, not sure the severity of that, and Fabian Delph remains sidelined. But given the personnel available, a strong lineup uh, elected by Carlo Ancelotti, despite the potential chance to maybe, you know, a busy couple weeks coming up for the Toffees. It's definitely a strong lineup. I, I think, I still don't think James ends up playing on the right side if, if a Wobie's healthy, personally. And I think Siggy probably will make way for him, but a couple of these guys have been a little rusty. So it was nice to see him get a run in too. And we haven't played that many matches. It'd be very interesting to see what happens when Dean comes back. I mean, yeah. what, what do you do? I don't know, but yeah, it was a good run out. And uh, some of the bench bench names were interesting. Yes. Small, uh, on a, on um, and who else do we have on there too? It was good to see Anthony Gordon on there. You had to figure you'd like to get in a position to get him on the pitch as well. But, um, Onyango was the one 
and small, uh, the irony of the name there. And when they came <laughs> on together, that was amusing. But yeah, I mean, still dealing with some injuries. Sheffield United uh, put a relatively strong lineup out there. I guess I'm not surprised that um, Josh Windis did not play up top together with Patterson. Those are the two kind of goal-scoring threats on the team. They played a lot of different formations when I kind of looked at what they've done. Uh, it was listed at 3-4-2-1 today. That's probably right uh, Barry Bannon's their number 10, but he kind of plays deeper in a two typically with um, uh, Pelu Pepsi. I, I don't really know this team all that well. Obviously, I remember Patterson from the Premier League days and a couple of the other individual players. Um, but one thing I do know is that uh, ultimately they're not a big goal scoring team. I mean, they're they're last in the championship in goals four uh, with 15. And then when you kind of moved into the way they set up and then kind of their lack of, <clears throat> I mean, there are some times where they had the ball and maybe we gave them the ball a little bit early, but I, I think they could have maybe made more of what they had if they had better attacking players, but you could tell they were kind of, kind of toothless, but yeah. And then, then you look at our setup was kind of what you described as well in terms of tactical setup. You see Hamez kind of ducking inside. Uh, Siggy was kind of all over the place. I mean, for the most part, he was, left if any place where Charleston was pushed up high uh decore shading over to kind of cover for james along with sheamus and uh andre roaming a little bit more in attack on the left side and coming back deeper for the ball defensively it was a little more of a rigid uh four two three one i thought yeah but i think in, in on the offensive side of the ball we really carlo gave everyone kind of license to to play creatively to play free flowing and you have that luxury i guess a given the opposition and you have Andre Gomez, you don't have to worry about necessarily his defensive positioning, which I think was not great today, but on the other side of the ball, I thought he was, was quite good. Decore again, providing that cover for James. James was popping up all over the place. Yeah. I think he had the second most touches on the team and, and it paid again, a hugely successful tactical move there. Sigurdsson, not all that influential exactly on the ball, but overall, I think everyone performed well and did their job. And, and Calvert-Lewin, for, I thought, was kind of isolated. But again, he gets the goal. We controlled the match for, I think, maybe past the first 10 minutes, we had a real stranglehold on it. There was nothing Wednesday could do against us whatsoever. And, you know, bar a few poor individual moments, I think it was one of the more cohesive team performances we've seen. Some of the numbers are kind of interesting, too, that we get into. Um, Sheffield Wednesday attacked 50% on their left side. Now, I, I didn't really get that vibe until yeah. later when they sub Brown in, and we could talk about the impact of the subs here in a second. I, I guess that makes sense if if Hamas is vacating the space there. There were times in the second half where they had the ball on the left side. The vast majority were trying to attack down the left side. However, it's kind of amusing because if it doesn't go well and you lose the ball and Decore was there to pick off some passes, guess who's now wide, wide open? Mm -hmm. Hamez. So ultimately, if the ball gets to him on transition, I mean, he's just absolutely deadly. If we weren't so rusty, I think we could have taken advantage of it. Um, the only thing I will say is, I mean, some of the passing and the ball movement was decent at times. There were a couple real moments of beauty. I, I still get the feeling that we we miss legs sometimes. You know, if Alex is not out there, um, and Alan is not in there to free up Decore from running more. And Seamus got up and down the pitch a little bit, but, you know, he just doesn't quite have the giddy up. But I think your favorite kind of graphical depiction of competition, I think, is still like the shot location. And I, I think it tells mostly the story today. 
Yeah, looking at it, I mean, we had, let's see, 90% of our shots from inside the 18, 14% inside the six, whereas Sheffield Wednesday had 50% inside the 18, zero in the six, and then half their shots came from outside the box. Now, they were good at getting shots on target, not great at creating a whole lot offensively. I think, you know, they had that really early on. They had that shot that kind of tested Olsen a little bit. It was basically right at him, but yeah. Interesting in terms of setting the tone, because if Everton thought that this was going to be kind of a cakewalk, maybe that changed their their attitude um, and, and forced a little more urgency in the early stages of the match. And I thought, I thought Sheffield Wednesday looked really okay for the first several minutes, but then again, as as I said earlier, it quickly just be, became we're going to dominate the ball. You're not going to get anywhere near us. We're going to have all sorts of space, move side to side. And as you said, Ryan, some really elegant, clever movement. Midfielders actually linking up play and cu- cutting through lines. Uh, and again, you almost have to take a match like this with a grain of salt because it's not what we're accustomed to. And we know as the level rises, some of these players uh, may be found out a little bit more. But take it for what it is. It was a strong performance. There was a, lo- a lot to be happy about in terms of the midfield performance, the defensive performance. As far as going back to what you said about the imbalance in the Sheffield Wednesday attack, this is kind of a recurring theme, and, and I don't know if it's because just a lot of teams like to attack down the left or if teams really are picking out Seamus Coleman as kind of an opportunity to maybe create some offense. Uh, because Ben Godfrey, playing as a makeshift left back, doesn't look like he's getting beat by very many people. No, I, I think if I had to choose the the two, I, I'm definitely going to try and attack Seamus, especially with Hamas on that side. The only problem is Decore's over there. Right. So he kind of shores things up a lot for us. Um, it was nice to see the interplay between Decore and Hamas. You know, they're both so active when we're in possession. Hamas will stick people to. I mean, it's not, I, I hate that stereotype that he doesn't work on defense. He does. Um, but on offense, he's very, he has lots of movement and him and Decore really mix things up. I, I, yeah, I think it's just, Pick your poison. You know, I think I'd rather attack down the left side and go after Seamus. And you've got Yeri there, too, that can cover him. That's obviously in very good form. But I think you're right. You know, getting into the game, kind of the timeline, um, the early game flow was there. There were some moments there, too. I, I thought a couple times we kind of gave them the ball without pressure yeah. early. We took care of it a little bit better later. And if we gave it up, it was normally because we were trying to create something, which was OK. But really, I, I think once we finally got through with the first goal, I, I think it was it was done. I mean, they just didn't look dangerous at all. I thought we pretty much controlled the match. And kudos to Andre Gomes. You know, he got up there, made some moves, looked comfortable, finally in possession. Now, don't get me wrong, it's Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, that makes a big difference, you know. Um, and even the times where he got passed, bypassed defensively, he could recover and still get a foot on some things. Yep. There were some curious refereeing decisions, too, at times. I mean, there was one a corner where Richarlison made a great play and kicked it right off the right back. And nope. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, several other ones that were just kind of mystifying. But, yeah, I think the first goal was was nice. You know, it was definitely a Dominic Calvert-Lewin type goal. Um, defense sleeping Very a little much. bit. Andre had great poise and... Uh, He's very two-footed, too. You've got to give Andre credit for that, too. When he has time and space, um, he's good. He's just not very incisive as a player in the final third. I mean, he really creates very few chances for his team. But now we've seen, a, what, back-to-back games with him with lovely assists. From the same exact area, too. And it's and I think it's yeah. it's not very often you see him in those types of areas on the pitch where he's actually in the final third, truly, like, almost in their 18. And credit to him on that cross because he kind of sized his man up 
did a little couple of head fakes, a little body fakes, and then takes it sort of end line, puts across far post, and Dom does what he's done all season, shown that he's very capable of being at the far post, ready to tap it in. And that's not an easy angle and not a particularly easy finish. He does well to stick it in the back of the net. Worth noting that just before that, I think it'd be remiss if we didn't highlight the Hamas Rodriguez through ball that cut through like eight Wednesday players to Richarlison. And he tucks a bottom corner only to then be offside, which was a huge letdown because it came off the back of a really, really nice bit of interplay between, I think James Coleman was involved. Uh, some giving goes going on there. That was a sight to behold. And I was cheering that it was a, a really well-built goal only for it to be obviously flagged for offside. Disappointing. And we had that other sequence too, where Dom was played in and kind of shot it at the keeper. It was a tough angle, Yeah, uh, but I mean, it must've been 10 passes that were crisp one touch stuff. I mean, it was Brazil-esque, uh, which is amazing because it Wobinho was not playing. Uh, <laughs> amazing what these guys can do when there's basically zero pressure on. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And the movement was good. You know, you could see it. It's just not a ton of athleticism over there, but it shows you that. I mean, if you, if you really play, well, your first touch is good. It's amazing. You can cut people to pieces. And this team is not a bad defensive team. I mean, they don't score a lot of goals. There's not yeah. a threat on them. So they're pretty much middle of the road in goals against. But it's remarkable if you really don't have a goal threat, teams are going to come at you. So they're at least showing that they're resilient in the championship. But after that, you know, soon uh, halftime came. Um, Winnis came in for, for Andre Green. Uh, I thought that might be a positive sub. It turned out it didn't really matter. And finally, we broke through. Thank goodness for Charleston finally scored uh, off a set piece. And let me tell you what, James Rodriguez on corners. I mean, oh, it's unbelievable. Oh it's, un- it. oh, it's unbelievable. Yes, yeah, just incredible. I mean, he, James is unbelievable. The whole entire match is passing was just incredible. I mean, incredible. And that's. I mean, just picking people to pieces, but that was lovely. Richarlison hit it perfect. Um, we're just so dangerous on set pieces with all these guys. There's so much height, so much activity, so much ability to challenge the ball. Uh, I don't know if we can expect two goals off set pieces every game, but it's funny too. Immediately Wednesday goes on a response. They brought in Isaiah Brown, who I swear to God has been on loan since 1932. Uh, I think they said his seventh loan club. Is that what they said? Yeah. I mean, it feels like it. I think, uh, yeah, I, he's not still Chelsea property. If he is, I think he that's, is. That's just amazing, really. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's been banged up a little bit, but he actually settled in and did some nice things in the second half. But it, it didn't really matter. I mean, I was happy to see Callum Patterson out there because he's just so annoying and you had a feeling that he might, you know, hurt or crack one of our center backs. So that was good from a health standpoint. Um, and then Big Yeri came in and just... It was actually an amazing play. He had a guy almost tackle him on uh, when the corner got served, fought him off, came around, and just boom. And uh, that was it. I mean, if the game was in doubt uh, already, I don't think they had a prayer of scoring once we went up 2-0, let alone 1-0. But that sealed the deal. And it, it was nice, too, because it immediately allowed us to make some subs, which uh, some of which were interesting. And Dom, in particular, I thought it was very helpful to get him off the pitch. He only He only played 67 minutes. It was a good run in. I thought he started out a little bit rough. Um, yeah. Gruen game a little bit. You know, his touches were a little bit off. A couple of flick passes and shots he, he normally pulls off. But it was good for him to get a run in, knowing he's probably going to go right into the number nine role on Wednesday. But some of the other subs I thought were really interesting. Yeah. So as the game were on, we saw, I mean, first sub we made was Bernard coming in for DCL. But I don't think that it affected our shape. But. Bernard didn't have too much of an impact. It affected our average height. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Drop that as at least a solid two, three inches there. Yeah. 
But then you had the double substitution of Anthony Gordon, John Joe Kenny coming in for Godfrey and Richarlison, John Joe Kenny coming in playing left back for the remainder of the match. Uh, I don't know what to make of that. An interesting decision. I guess at this point, Carlo figured the game was over. Might as well just give these guys some minutes wherever we can fit them in. Just go out there and fit wherever you want to play is cool with me. <laughs> it yeah. walks, it's like a pickup game. Where do you got? You want me? I'll play on the left side. Okay, we're good. <laughs> exactly. And we had... On 85 minutes, we had the substitution that everyone was, I think, I think everyone was hoping for this exact type of scenario where we're up, there's no real threat, and Carlo can then give these guys the opportunity to uh, make their debuts. So we had Tyler Onyango and Thierry Small making their first team debut. Thierry Small at 16 years old, 100-something days, becomes the youngest ever player to appear for Everton uh, in the first team. So a tremendous achievement. And by all accounts, he's a really, really exciting prospect at left back. Um, So I look forward to seeing more from him, but at 85 minutes, not a whole lot of time to make much of an impact, but it was good to just show them. I mean, again, I saw a tweet, imagine making your first team debut and it's Carlo Ancelotti saying, Hey, warm up pretty, uh, pretty surreal experience. I can only imagine. Yeah. Anyango is funny to watch too. He's just so tall. He's so tall. Uh, He is. He is. I mean, well, that's, I I saw, I remember seeing him, you know, he's been training with the first team and him. And I remember seeing him in there before Jared Brantwith moved to loan, um, to perfect his, um, karate kicks uh and we'll get into that in a second uh, but i mean well um he almost looked taller it's kind of crazy yeah. to see tyler did get absolutely burned on a give and go yeah. yeah um but yeah it was great to see them get their first stream um you know starts and it just can only be encouraging you know you're training with the first team and we'll see how they finish off the season you know with you uh U23s, U21s, really, thank God, we're finally going younger on that side and see what happens this summer. You know, maybe we send them out on loan. But yeah, I thought that was the the best part, really, about today at the end, getting those guys in. And, and think about it. You can say, oh, yeah, my first team. Yeah, I came in and subbed in for James Rodriguez. You know, yeah, minor little player. You know, no big deal. Give them the high but, five and send them out. I mean, it's it's got to be amazing for those kids. And it's not often that we've been really given the liberty to be able to make that kind of decision because we, in the past, in these sorts of fixtures, have made things far too difficult for ourselves. So the fact that we're even in that spot where we can say this is just a really nice gesture, essentially, to to give these guys some encouragement and let them know they're on the right path to the first team, I think, speaks volumes. And I'm sure we'll see much more from them. I know there's some interesting things going on. Terry Small has been linked with some pretty big clubs and he's been with the club uh, since he was 11. So now five, five or so years. And by all accounts, we're desperate to, to hold on to him and hopefully we can manage that. And this may have been part of it too. You know, I mean, yeah. it's certainly an encouraging moment. So uh, let's just get into the player performances. I think um, so, I, you know, one name stands out amongst all. Uh, normally he does, but today, I, I don't know what to say about James Rodriguez today with the ball. Um, I, I just silly. It was there, just silly. There were so many passes where I thought there's no way that's going to get there. Uh, and it did right on the foot. The weight of his passes is something to behold. There were a couple times too. the angles of his passes make almost no sense at times. I mean, he'll be looking one way. His whole body will be one way. And he'll manage. He gets a little aggressive with it sometimes. Yeah, it makes like a, you know, a 300 degree angle. It, it almost, I mean, you see him sometimes when they're doing rondos and stuff in in on in the training sessions and you look at it, you're like, 
Oh my goodness. But he was unbelievable today. I mean, eight key passes. Eight. <laughs> it's it's laughable. I wonder when the last time a player, an Everton player had eight. I, it's unbelievable if you think about it. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, he he to me was unquestionably the superstar today. It was just comedy watching people try and deal with him. At one point in the second half, he decided to start showing a little flair. He beat a guy on a middle little dribble and then turned around and almost like NFL style stiff armed him as he went by. It was just such a, you are not in my league, my friend, (laughs) you know, I'm going to leave. I mean, I swear to God on the 85th minute, he should have just walked off. Just been like, I'm done here. Uh, My job is done. Drop (laughs) just dropped it. He, He was unbelievable. It was so wonderful to see a guy in a blue Jersey play like that. I know it was Sheffield Wednesday, but my God, if, if Dom and Richie weren't rusty, and really kind of with it. Uh, if we had a little more legs to run behind, especially maybe right back, I mean, I think it would have just been odd. I mean, we have got to surround this guy with better yeah. athletes. Um, He's he, that special. He's that special. He, he really was. is. He was. Let's hope we can keep him healthy the rest of the year, too. There were some other decent performances, too, but he was really a standout. I mean, the space that he had, and I think that makes a big difference because in the Premier League, I mean, everyone's keyed in and know that you you got to close him down. Because he's he can beat you off the dribble, but that's not really his game. If you give him time to survey the field and pick a pass, he's gonna roast you. And he did just that. I mean, it was and he's had some spectacular matches for us. But as you said, Ryan, yeah, superstar. Absolute superstar. But as you said, there were some other really good performances. I don't think there were any bad ones. Dominic Calvert Lewin, as you said, 67 minutes, only 25 touches, but ended with five shots. Scored another goal. Good to see him return from injury and, and go out on a, on a good note and have a strong performance. Um, Decore, again, led the team in touches, 104. Really didn't do anything super spectacular, but a couple nice tackles. He was all over the place. Passing. Yeah, 94%. But you knew he was, wasn't was going to play for Leicester, so you knew he'd go 90 minutes today and right. put in a shift, too. I uh, thought the both center backs were, were good. Mina was terrific with the ball. Obviously, he had the goal. I, I think Colgate, although the numbers don't jump out at you, you know, Mina, Mina has some numbers. He got the goal, the 97% passing. Um, Holgate had four clearances, but there were a couple times he stepped in to fill in a gap where Yeri went forward, um, whether it was, uh, you know, I think he had one foul, but which probably should have been a card. I can't believe he didn't go back and card him. Um, but he looked sharper to me at center back than, than he has. Um, yeah. What do you think about Seamus Coleman? I mean, I saw him overlapping and stuff. Uh, he had some tackles. Um, he stepped in, I feel like, and picked off the ball or two. The crossing, though, and just the burst is not not – he was good, though. He was good, but it's just not yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, a player who I think been a great player for us for a long time, but – yeah. He looked better today because of the opposition. I, but I did think he linked up decently with James, had a couple nice giving goes, mm-hmm. uh, three tackles, did his job defensively. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens on Wednesday against Leicester if he holds on to that right back spot or if we go back to the four center backs. Or I guess Luca Dean may end up coming in. We'll, we'll have to see about that. But I also want to give a shout out to Andre Gomez, second assist in as many games, as we said earlier, from the exact same spot. When he's given time and he can pick passes, he can be useful. But he still, even against a team like Sheffield Wednesday, was getting beat way too often defensive side of the ball. But yeah. I still think overall he was good. And as you said, he had time to recover. So yeah, him and Gilfie kind of, you know, just 
it was what you expected a little bit. You know, they weren't all over the place with incredible pace and in speed, but you saw some skill and that was nice. Richarlison was another one where you know, it's a shame the goal, the first goal didn't count, but he just yeah. seems a little off. Like his touch seems a little off and whatnot, but he seemed like he grew in the game. So I, I thought that was good for him to get a shift. Clearly something's been kind of banged, banged him up a little bit. Olsen was solid. Uh, Godfrey, no complaints either. I mean, he's just really tough to beat on that side. I mean, it's, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, we have some good summary comments, too. We can go through them real quick. DU Football Show, um, my DC brethren. Uh, hmm. I think he's out over in Maryland, but I, I think this sums it up pretty well. Uneventful in the best way possible. Squad looked good. We advanced. No extra time. No injuries. No cards. Now we can focus on a massive match on Wednesday. We are a professional football club playing professional <laughs> football. That Spot is true. Nothing gets by them. We are professionals. Yes. Sharp as a darn tack. Then we had... At Newbie Blue, much more comfortable than I anticipated. Hamas is just unreal. Richie is ring rusty. Nice to see the youngsters on the field. Didn't let themselves down. Agreed. Uh, at Dunk Fergie 9, good workout. Lots of positives. Gomez, Hamas, Mina, all excellent. All the rest, very, very good. Great to see the young kids come on. Onyango has obvious physical qualities, looked very composed. Great to see Small come on, exuded enthusiasm. He did. He put. He he was working hard. He was moving around. He's he quick. He was, he's He's got the pace that that, yeah. uh, but also the last comment from, from Dunk Fergie, Gordon screams of needing alone. We didn't touch on Anthony Gordon. I think it might be worthwhile. I, for all the players who look better because of the opposition, I thought Anthony Gordon looked uh, pretty un- uninspired. I didn't think he had the, the best. He was, he, short. Was, he was stuck. I mean, you know, Coleman yeah. was playing him the ball in the wing. There was one time where he made a little move and exploded up the middle where you saw his quality. And I just, you got, you, you got to think so. If we do make a move for a player out wide, we'll talk about some of the rumors in a second. I think a loan for him would be a good idea, but but we'll see. I you know I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. Richmond Evertonians, my former former place of residence. That's right, <laughs> Capital City. Dominant never gave Wednesday a thought that they'd have a chance in this one. Exactly what was needed with four more matches in the next two. Yes, sir. And then T one Toffee Stephen, stylish. Yeah, at times made some reds on BT Sport. Closet Blues start fawning <laughs> over our precision and teamwork. Y- you had to put this quote on here just for the troll factor, didn't you? 100%. Yes. yes. Hamez, what can be said about this man's footballing intelligence onward? Sums it up, I think. Uh, last call, man of the match. Is there any doubt? It's If it's not Hamez, you, I want whatever you're smoking because he was so far head and shoulders above everyone. Uh, it's just no contest in my mind. And hopefully again, when he's healthy, he's the difference maker for us. He pulls all the strings. He does everything on the offensive side of the ball and puts in a shift defensively. So no question. He's made of the match. Yep. No arguments for me whatsoever. So uh, onward to the next round in the FA cup. So it was Indeed. nice to finally have one that was fairly lacking in stress. Was it yes. not? Yes. Um, okay. So moving on, we have noticed since we did our Toffee TV USA episode, and again, subscribe to Toffee TV. What are you thinking by not doing so? Plus, you get to see wonderful YouTube comments for people that want to respond to our videos that I foolishly am responding to. But anyway, but I will. Hey, look, man, I give people the time of the day. Maybe I'm maybe I could be a little nicer, but but truly, <laughs> hey, I'm a research guy. That is evidence. You know, I will listen to people. I like to dialogue. I truly do. Um, but as we did, there is, you know, we did our whole January monster episode 
on the regular American Toffee podcast. Please go check it out. We put a lot of work into it. Um, so continuing on that idea, we're going to hit the rumor mill again. Uh, we are again in silly season during the transfer window. January, I feel like things are even sillier. And there have been some movement and some things, but there's some rumors today that came out that I just wanted to hit real quickly. Uh, the first yeah. one is that apparently we bid 26 million pounds for Raphael Leal. So first of all, I don't believe this for an absolute sec. So uh, Calicio Mercado, um, I botch the pronunciation all the time, don't I? But yes, Italian, obviously soccer. I, I don't even know what to say against this one. There's no way we bid that. First of all, even if we did, that's not going to be accepted. Not a chance. I think he's a wonderful player. He's phenomenal, but that is not going to happen and definitely not going to happen in January. So no chance on that one. But would you say that is a more ridiculous rumor than the us and Lester going after Danny Ings? Thanks to 90 minutes. I'm going to go. I think, I think the layout one is a little more ridiculous. Do you? Like, well, no, actually I think that the fact that the, well, I guess the rumor is that we could have bid. I mean, I, right. <sighs> They're both crazy and just so reflective of like the current market that we're in. No one has a clue what's going on. The fact that 90 minutes seems to think that Danny Ings, who's done quite well at Southampton, would have interest in coming to us or Leicester, and that Southampton would be at all willing to entertain any sort of bid in January makes so little sense. Makes my eyes bleed a little bit just reading it. <laughs> but and also, like, I, why it just wouldn't make it. The logic is his contract. He has 18 months. But if that's the case, he'd go in the summer. I mean, and, and right. he'd get some value on it. Cause I mean, and he'll yeah. go somewhere where he'll start. I mean, he'll I start. could, I, I mean, West Ham moved Heller. I could see that happening, I suppose. Mm. But in, like, why would Southampton do that? I mean, I don't know. And not to, I mean, they want to push the envelope having had so few injuries to begin with. Like, Vestergaard's been the only guy that's been hurt. Ings for like a couple matches. I mean, and Ralph played a really strong team in the FA Cup. And, yeah. and took Arsenal out. Let's see. Moises Casido to Brighton looks like it's confirmed there. I think the work permit is going through and everything. Six million Ryan's euros. Sad. Yeah, sad I feel Ryan. like we missed a trick on that one. A couple other moves, though, that do, do affect some of our players. Uh, I know Roma, people have talked about them going for Bernard. We mentioned on Toffee TV USA that El Sharway was the guy that Rome was trying to bring back from China. It sounded like that fell through only to be rekindled. It looks like that's a done deal. So I think you could take Roma out of the Bernard sweepstakes. I don't know that for sure, but I think most likely. If that's the case, I think Al Nasir uh, was the other one that was kind of bidding for them out of Dubai. Uh, we'll see. I suppose that's still a possibility. I just think it seems unlikely at this point. And, and uh, Bentaki going to West Brom probably does impact us a bit. Yeah, so I, I, I want to say I saw a rumor the other day that... <clears throat> Large Samuel had stated Cenk Tosin was his number one target. Large uh, <laughs> had stated that Cenk Tosin would be his number one target. Now it appears as if Christian Benteke from Palace will be making the move there. They certainly need some sort of offensive reinforcements uh, and doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense that they would sign two strikers. So if Benteke does in fact go there, as it appears he is, we got to find someone else to take Tosin off our hands. And uh, he wasn't on the bench today, which I think is interesting. So more to come on that, but it's looking increasingly more likely that he may remain an Everton player through the duration of the window in the season. 
Yeah, it's pretty interesting because it ultimately opened up the door for Palace to get Mateta in. Uh, but ultimately, mm. Mateta is not going to sign for us to sit on the bench behind Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Palace has some serious issues, though, in terms of one of the oldest teams right. in the league. Uh, I could see Bentaki would slot up top with uh, Robinson Canu, I think. And that, I mean, that may help him. You know, I mean, that he's the perfect player for hoofball for for that sure. guy that I won't name. Um, it does seem like uh, Xerxes is still in play. It, it, us and Parma are still battling over it. He would slot in more likely for Parma rather than us. Um, I do think he has some wonderful qualities. Go check it out if you want our in-depth review on Toffee TV USA of him. Um, I don't know how much an immediate impact, but... I almost guaranteed there would be an option or some sort to buy in the summer. He is a good young talent. I will say this, though. Some of our competitors are doing business right now, and I don't know how concerned we need to be, but it's hard to ignore. These guys are strengthening. Yeah, so we have Wolves signing William Jose. We've got Villa signing Morgan Sanson. Arsenal with the shocking news breaking the other day that they are supposedly getting Odegaard on loan. So I thought he was done to Sociedad, man. I thought it was absolutely done. He exceeded, excelled for them. Um, that's a coup. He's a really good player. That's a big, big play. So you wonder if Marcel Brands and the board are looking at these moves. And although Wolves are far away behind us and they do still, still missing some, uh, Firepower on the offensive side of the ball. Like they're addressing their immediate needs as a team. Villa, again, still have matches in hand. Their position in the table is not reflective, I think, of of how well they've performed given the, I guess, I mean, what do they have? Two or three matches in hand at one point. So more to come on that. But you wonder if if we're watching this go on and it's maybe changing the the thought process that maybe we do want to make one addition and of course any potential outgoings would also influence that thought process as well the morgan sanson one to villa is really interesting because he's not really a defensive mid he's more of an attacking mid and i think he's been miscast by the press or other people uh, but he can't help them i mean he is an all-action type guy he moves the ball fast he's creative i know brands was very high on him and tried to get him from om here i remember i, I can't remember if it was I think two windows ago and it fell through. I mean, I'd heard that like the deal was done. And it's also worth mentioning our two loanies. Uh, we had already mentioned the karate kick. You have now seen the video as well. Uh, Jared Brantwaith, uh playing for Blackburn. They've thrown him right into the lineup. Dale Fry was the uh, unfortunate recipient of it. Uh, what were your thoughts on that play? <laughs> uh, well, I, I first I saw like the still of the challenge oh. and then I saw the video. It's really bad. I mean, the fact that he wasn't red carded for it is. He didn't even give a penalty. Unbelievable. How can you not give a penalty? He kicked him right in the face. And seeing Dale Fry's face after too, he ended up looking like he got a couple stitches under oh. his eye. Neil Warnock told Branthwaite off after the match. Um, That's sure childish stuff. Of, I, I yeah. mean, Branthwaite was, I mean, he was not. And he patted him on the head, said, all right. But you could tell he was having none of it from, you know, the Middlesbrough players. And you got to like, know if you have to put your foot that high, you probably should just go in with your head. So why is just, he doing that? Yeah. Why is he? James, it makes I mean, no what sense. Is, he is a guy thinking? that big? Well, Fry's a big guy and he's really good in the air, which is why you don't kick him. Right. I, I don't think he realized someone was there. But even if there's no one there, you attack that ball with your head, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. You can't. You can't be doing that. So. Fortunate for Branthwaite to skate by uh, undisciplined or without any kind of yeah 
crazy to not give him a red there. But by all accounts, again, he's he's had a, a good start relatively to his uh to his loan, and hopefully that continues. And then Ellis Sims managed to get on for some FA Cup action, came on in the later stages of Blackpool versus Brighton and Hove Albion. Didn't do a whole lot. I managed to catch, I think, the last 20 <laughs> minutes or so of that match, and it looked like he got to chase the ball and uh yeah. right ran around. <laughs> he ran, ran around, around a lot. I, I mean, I do think he's he's gonna be slotted in there. Um you know, up top. And and I think he'll do pretty well. I, also, some of the supporting cast weren't in either yeah. until a little bit later. Um, but Brighton were so far and away better. The whole, they, they created like four chances just in the short time that I watched and Blackpool had basically nothing going for him. So uh, they exit the FA cup last Ellis Sims will probably see of top tier competition the remainder of the season, but he will hopefully continue to develop as well, because I still think he has the right kind of tool set to be successful and it's a good loan move for him. Yeah. So uh, really final thoughts that I kind of have, you know, it was a nice, easy win going down the rumor mill. I, I I'm a little, you know, I see competitor strength and I feel like we, we need to do something. Maybe uh, a lot of people disagree with that. I think a cost effective move for a loan might be worthwhile, but you know, we got to move some people on and there's still some people like Bessick and Belasi who, who aren't even on, the registry that that will probably likely do something with it'll just be very interesting to see what happens with Janko. Surprised he wasn't on the bench today, but yeah, uh, my guess is a move like Xerxes kind of makes sense. But and we've seen in the past, Marcel keeps his cards pretty close to his vest. I mean, someone could come out of nowhere that we don't know about. So I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't come to the conclusion that oh, we're not in for anyone. Uh, I mm-hmm. that's we've learned enough in the past where it's happened very quickly. I mean, remember people yes. didn't even realize Alex Awobi, what we were into it saying it was a panic move. Richardson even when he yeah. first arrived, like that came out of nowhere. Bernard, too. remember Bernard, Bernard was out yeah. of nowhere. It's like, what we've got who? No, really? Wow. That was awesome. You know, it comes out of nowhere. So um, it could happen again. I wouldn't be surprised if it does. And kudos to Marcel Brands. He, he was pretty irritated this summer. I feel like when we came in for some people and it got leaked out. Yeah. Um, and that's the way he wants to do business. And I think it's the right way to do business at times. So don't be surprised if someone comes in at the last minute, but I don't think it's going to be Danny Ings or Raphael Leal. <laughs> yeah. And I, I honestly, at this point, I mean, it's the 24th as we're recording. It's now the 25th, technically in the UK. I also wouldn't be surprised if we just are unable to move these wage high wage guys and we have to sort of just coast to the end of the season and we don't do anything. I think it would be prudent of us to do so given how everyone else seems to be making moves around us. But I also think this squad that we currently have healthy is good enough to get sixth place, especially this season. Yeah. It's just gotta be smart though. I mean, I, I, I still think six is going to be hard. I mean, there's a lot of competition for it. The pace that people are on right now, points wise is unreal, but yes, the, it's nice to know that you're not going to panic and buy a Theo Walcott or Jenk Tosin yes. um, and, you know, give them exorbitant salaries or bring in Mangal on loan. You know, you don't have to pay, <laughs> but I mean, seriously, you don't have to panic. That's kind of the point. That's where Marcel brands has always said people, people panic and make bad decisions because of where they are in the table. We don't have to do that. But man, God, it'd be nice to strengthen, you know, uh, be nice to strengthen because I'm not sure who we're going to play as defensive mid uh, against Leicester midweek. And it's such an important match. Um, and going forward, I mean, even today, you could see when Alex is not in there, you really want to see some more athleticism and just some legs, some people that can run at people. It would be nice to have an addition or two uh, to make a really strong push. I think Champions League is unlikely, but but hey, I mean, anything can happen. If we strengthen with the right guys, you know, in a cost-effective manner, it could really give 
a jump start to the team just to be able to pull someone off the bench that can fly, you know, really put pressure on a back line or or just a solidified sitting six. I mean, we talked about JP Bameen off offline. It sounds like they're being very uh, cautious with him. If that's yes. the case, we don't have that sitting player. Alon can play it um, well, but I don't know. I'd like to see us do something. I agree, Ryan, and it's certainly going to be a huge couple weeks coming up as we play Leicester, Newcastle, Leeds United, and Man United. A lot of points on the table, chance for us to solidify ourselves in the conversation for certainly Champions League if we can get, I don't know, nine points from the A lot of pods is what's going to (laughs) happen. Yes, a lot of pods. So you can uh, look forward to hearing our voices coming to your ears multiple times in the next couple weeks. But uh, otherwise, thank you so much for listening to this edition of the ATP. Uh, If you would do us a huge solid favor, rate us and leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. That helps us out a ton. If you want to find links to all of our social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. It is linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. Otherwise, we'll be with you next time and up the toffees.